Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cinema Files Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. A couple days ago, we had Halloween, Thursday. How was your Halloween? The question I really want to ask was, how was your Halloween during the fires over here in Los Angeles? Now, we're used to fires. Now, I usually don't like to time date our episodes, but these fires have been incredible. They, they, they've taken up most of the land of the, of the northern area of, of Los Angeles, as well as southern area of San Francisco. Uh, it's pretty incredible. Uh, so the, the wind quality, the, uh, the air quality was pretty horrible the past couple of uh, weeks. And people have had to evacuate their homes. It's been it's been pretty pretty horrible, but um, thankfully not a lot of uh, loss of life and, and and what have you. And and uh, we're gracious about that. We're very, very grateful about that. So raking up leaves definitely would not have helped. I don't think <laughs> we definitely did the best we could. So the fires are coming down right now. Like the Getty Fire, which is close to me, is coming down. So that's that's really nice. So they're about 33 con- uh, contained. How was your week? Other than that, how was your week? You see any movies? You see any shows? I saw a great show on, on uh, Netflix called Daybreak. It was a great show. Kind of reminded me of Ferris Bueller meets the Apocalypse. A little bit more raunchy than I probably would have wanted, but what do you do? Daybreak. Good show. I binged it pretty easy. Other than the uh, the Paul Rudd show, uh, I mean that Paul Rudd show. I, I ingested that show. I, I ingested that show and I sp- I spat it out. It was such an awesome show, but so easily watched, so containable. I loved that show. Now, with Daybreak, I enjoyed that show as well, but it, it's aimed more towards a younger viewing. What happens is, uh, you know, well, obviously there's a war. Well, I, I'm not obviously there's a war, but there's a war. And nuclear bombs drop, and it only affects adults. doesn't affect young people at all. So then you have basically Lord of the Flies, uh, apocalypse style. So it's, it's an interesting, interesting show. Daybreak, I'd give that a shot. But before we bring on our, our special guest, now we have a, a very special guest this week. Now I know we always have special guests, but we have a special guest this week. Diana Lee Inosanto. She's going to be joining us today. She's an actress. She's a writer. She's a producer. She's a director. Legacy martial artist. We're going to be enjoying talking to her today. But uh, I saw Jojo Rabbit yesterday. Who saw Jojo Rabbit? If you have any questions or you want to talk about it, give us a call. 515-602-9609. Again, 515-602-9609. Give us a call. Now, I, I like Jojo Rabbit. Now, how Rudnick and I probably would get in a little bit of a tiff about this one, but I, I liked it, but I felt like there was a couple scenes missing, like the couple Legos that were holding up the ship were, were kind of missing towards the end, and it didn't have the impact that I thought it would have. 
that's Jojo Rabbit. That's that's about the boy who's Nazi youth who has an imaginary friend that's Hitler, and it's quite clever. It does it does remind me a lot of the producers where a lot of it is mockery, and it helps out with the situation a great deal. Uh, but uh, Jojo Rabbit was was a fantastic fantastic film and a great try at bringing satire to a very serious situations. So I thought it was a beautiful film in that in that direction. I thought Scarlett Johansson did a great job, even though I heard a lot of people behind me saying that they didn't really care for her character at all, which I don't, I don't know what that says, but I thought her character was fantastic. Uh, but I, it did miss some of the emotional impact towards the end of the film. And, uh, you know, each, every film needs a good beginning, needs a good middle, and needs a good end. And this film had a very strong beginning, a very strong middle, and a very mm, light ending where it almost feels like he didn't know when to stop. That's Taika Waititi, by the way, who did the, uh, who, who directed that film, wrote and directed that film. It was a brilliant film. I, I recommend it to everybody. Go see Jojo Rabbit. But it, to me, it did miss that. Uh, ending emotional context that, that really pulls you in, that draws you in, that, that makes you feel satisfied about what you listen to. I don't want to hesitate any longer. Let's bring Diana on. Diana, I know she's in here somewhere. Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I like I love you. What a cool welcome. <laughs> we wanted to welcome you here. Thank you so much for joining us here on Sunday at 10 a.m. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, thank you for having me on board. This is wonderful. <laughs> and so uh, we were talking earlier about the fires. How, how have the fires been affecting you? Uh, do you still live in Torrance? Oh, oh no, no. I'm, no, I've been living in the Ventura County area, actually, for, oh, wow. know, for the last 16 or 17 years. But, wow. yeah, Torrance, Torrance was my old hub. But and and living, I love this community. But my gosh, within the last three or four years, we've just been seeing this. I, I call it the amplification of just fires. I mean, they're just right. they're, they're just more amplified and they're more intense. Right. And right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so it's, it, it really it really turns a community upside down. Yeah. By the way, nature is not changing at all. This is this is totally normal. It's totally normal for our our, our state to start on fire like this. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, yeah, and I feel yeah. so bad because uh, one of my colleagues, uh, his house burned to the ground in the Getty Fire. So, wow, serious stuff that's, you know, yeah. you know, the change that's happening. Yeah, I'm very close to the Getty Fire over here, and, and it was it was pretty intense. When you see it at nighttime, you can see the, the, the embers start to light up really, really fast. It's It's pretty scary. Oh, really? Oh yeah. yeah, it is frightening. And uh, you know, actually, the Getty Fire surprised me because I was—I did not anticipate that such the heaviness of the fires would hit toward a right. major city because that's closer to right. the city life, right there. Right. You know, right. so it's it, well, it, it, you know, it, is it is it weird that I was thinking about the art before I was thinking about anybody's home? Is, is that just an <laughs> odd thing? I didn't think about it. Anyways, home. I thought I thought purely of the art that's in there. Like, oh my god, that art! What's going to happen to the it? The art, right? You know, but you can't even see museum. I gotta think it protects, like, you know, the entire country. I mean, that thing is like, oh, you know, I mean, that thing could probably survive a nuclear bomb. I know, you know it's like the it Alamo. Felt. Yeah, exactly. So, oh my gosh, but so your anyway. so your original 
your original hangup is, is Torrance. So you, you were brought up in Torrance, huh? Yeah, I was uh, born and raised in the Torrance. Okay, so I'm born in Torrance, but really yeah. throughout that whole South Bay area. So really Carson was where I right. was raised throughout oh, yeah. uh, my childhood, actually, which was an interesting time. And then later on, I moved to Harbor City and Lamita. I mean, it's, it's, it's weird how L.A. County gets divided up among all these little, you know, uh, right. you know, incorporate cities. But yeah, so that was that right. was my childhood. That That's area. nice. I know a lot of I know a lot of people jump right ahead to the martial art perspective, and, and, and I've heard a, a couple of your interviews before, and they like to jump ahead. But I, I really would like to go back to the point where you were inspired into acting, uh, because that, that's ah. that's that's common that's common ground when it comes to martial arts as well, because that that takes a, a large amount of of etiquette, it takes a large amount of control. So how, how did you get involved with with acting in your life? Well, it's kind of funny. Everybody is because you know my dad and uncle bruce were mm-hmm. already doing you know in the business my i right. did this on my own no help right. from my from anyone in my family and so i started off as an extra i was a background actor wow and i was a, yeah right um and <laughs> uh, and everybody just assumes you know that you know be, i'll hear people come up to me and say oh because you were dan and Lasano's daughter that must have been so easy you're so lucky and i'm like no right. i really had to do it like everybody else you know right um, i will say so my 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 father's sister uh, her name was Lilia um, in Osanto, yeah. but at the time she was known, her, her theatrical name was Lona Nye. Um, she uh. would guide me about who to study in Hollywood with. So she guided me to study with somebody by the name of Michael Shortliff, who at that time wrote the Bible on, on how to audition. In wow. fact, that's what his book was called, was Audition. And he was a Broadway man. Um, he actually had helped discovered Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, uh, wow. Bette Midler, because he was a ca- casting director in Broadway. Yeah. And so he, and so she goes, if you're going to study with anybody, and I used to study with her as a kid, but right. if she goes, if you're going to study with anybody outside of family, um, right. you know, yeah. uh, go to Michael Shortliff. And it really was um, amazing to study with this man, you know, and I was wow. like 17 or 18 when I went to him, but really, you know, I look back now and I go, wow, I, I was so lucky that I even had that direction in my life right. um, because I still, even to this day, utilized his concepts and his guideposts. And I right. think a lot of other acting teachers kind of pretty much have, you know, pretty much channel into that same kind of uh, form of, of teaching that he did when you're out there casting. But I mean, when you're out there going on auditions, but I would also say you can use those guideposts as well when you're writing as well right. as when you're directing and producing. I mean, those, those things should be there in a story and in a scene. Right. So, th- so he taught you a great deal. He's a great influence in your life. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I recommend anybody, I mean, it, to, to study, you know, pick up the book, Audition, with my, by Michael Shortlist, because he's a legend. Right. And he helped, uh, you know, he helped, you know, just change everything, you know. Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, so it, check it, him out, people. Were those people that you were interested in learning from, like Strasburg and, 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 and what have you, a lot of different acting coaches, were you, were you interested in learning from different people like that? I knew about the Strasburg approach, and I had friends of mine that had tried Strasburg, but there was something about I, the way uh, Michael Shortlist's approach really cut right. to the chase. 
Right. You know, and where, right. where you need sometimes to have an immediate process when you're, you know, you know, on stage or in front of the camera. But right. Strasburg is great too, as far as you know, um, you know, developing and you know, and Strasburg, I understand, has his lineage with Michael Chekhov, who right. is just as as amazing. So, yes. uh, but I love Michael Chekhov because to me, um, for me. He reminded right. me in his approach like my godfather, which for people out there is, is the Lake Roosley, right. in the sense that he studied different methods and right. um, and kind of incorporated that. And and so I I really, um, you know, I, I later on did, you know, study the Chekhov method through an, an actress named Lisa Dalton. And, mm. and I, you know, so I think when you're an actor, it's important to try different approaches because you never know what the situation might call for when you're on a set right. or when you're on stage. Right. And, and I've used all of it. You know, I'm not one that says, no, you must only use this method and this method only. You know, right. right. Really <laughs> so. No, no, did, did, uh, did, no, your acting came in uh, early on. So right around 17, 18 years old. Uh, do you, do you feel like the martial arts helped you out as for what I find in the martial arts that we definitely want to look for mentors if, if we want somebody to teach us something. So it seems like that's exactly what you did in the outside world as well as, is looking for a mentor in, in the martial arts, but looking for a mentor as well in, in acting. So is, is that one of the secrets, one of the kind of like the partial secrets to, to acting and getting all things done is to find somebody better than you and have them teach you? I, I think that helps. Um, you know, right. it, it, it definitely helps, but you know, the hard part about Hollywood and it's, it's gone through, it's weird for me because I, in a way I've watched the Hollywood industry from the time I was a child and right. it's gone through so many different fruitions. You know, I mean, there's so many different, uh, different incarnations. That, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, and I'm talking about more the business. So even though, I mean, it was, it used to break my heart because I would see some really amazing talented actors and actresses out there who weren't getting their break. Right. And, um, and, and it's frustrating because they were so dedicated to their craft. I mean, they truly were artists, but then Hollywood in itself is business. It's all show business. And sometimes they don't care about how great of an actor you are. Sometimes they're just after maybe, you know, you might have some sort of name value or you might have some recognizable face or you might have some certain specific look that they're looking for. So sometimes it isn't always about just the talent. And I know some people would argue with me about that, but uh, I'm, you know, I, I ended up meeting, um, I took this one class from uh, a workshop years ago from the gentleman that was the casting director to the TV show MASH. Um, His name was Sam Owens going to come to me. Um, Look him up on IMDb. The casting director to MASH. But uh, he did say, he he said a lot of times it has nothing to do with acting, but much the image that you portray. And so Mm. he he brought up the example of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, here, here he was you know, a famous bodybuilder, and and he said he had a friend of his that was this amazing actor, but was almost in tears, like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I catch a break? But somebody like Arnold can, and he goes, it's because they cast by type, almost like a mythology. 
you know, Hollywood tends to recreate mythologies all the time, you know, right. um, at, that, right. at that time, Pam Anderson was like, what the Venus, you know, and she's hot. Right. So right. There, there is a, a way we kind of, as human beings like to uh, storytell and, and we love these archetypes and that's really what it is. We do cast in, you know, by archetypes, if that right. makes sense. Well, we're, I'm going to roll back in a second and talk a little bit about your your past and your and your famous father and your famous uh, famous uncle as well. But I do want to talk a, a little bit about your stunt your stunt business as well. Now, you went in for stunt acting for for a long time, took a little bit of a break, came back for Alita. Am I right? Yeah, actually. So um, you know, when I first started out in Hollywood, it, you're talking about the '80s, and it's not yeah. like they were casting a lot for my type do you know what i mean i'm half white i'm half asian i may look hispanic but i don't speak spanish right and so it's really (laughs) hard you know right but um it was funny i was i ended up working on demolition man which was with Hmm. wesley snipes and and and, uh you know love that movie balboa and so yeah (laughs) and and so so i and i ended up seeing a lot of the stunt crew um working with sylvester stallone and they looked at me and they had assumed that I was there to be a stunt woman. And I go, wow. no, 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 no. I'm just, I mean, just here taking a break from college. And I'm, you know, one of the background actors. And they looked at me like I was crazy. Like, why are you not <laughs> doing this? That's and then funny. I'm watching the fight scenes. Yeah. Right. And I'm watching the fight scenes and then, you know, some of these guys were my dad's students and I'm yeah. going, Oh, I know that. Oh, I know this move. Oh, I can do right. this. You know? Right. Right. And so I, I kind of got, me thinking about you know should I because you know when you're a stunt person you still get to belong to the same union as your fellow right. actors and actresses out, out there and right. then um, I ended up meeting my 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 husband to be um, we were yeah. you know engaged at the time and it just so happened he was training Tamora Morrison for the movie um, uh, Pam Anderson's movie which was if, oh, if you remember it was uh, yeah barbed wire. Yeah. And I ended up happen. I just happened to be on a set, and um, he was training Tamora Morrison, and yeah. um, and Tamora had there was some issue with the choreography, and I had watched them, you know, train a million times, and he said, Diana, can you just please run this fight scene with me in front of the producers, and which I did, right. and then I walked away, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I, I guess the producers had approached my husband, and I said, look, we still have one my role. It's really for a dude. But we right. can change it to a female. Would your your fiance <laughs> like to jump in here and just do the fight scene? It'd be so much easier for us. And that's right. kind of how I broke into the stunt industry. You know, <laughs> was that movie? You know? That's awesome. And then from, yeah, and then from there I ended up getting a call for some weird TV show about a teenage girl killing vampires. Her name was oh, Buffy. Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was my break. It was me and another woman named Trish Peters that got that show off the ground. You know, and a lot of people don't know that historically. Yeah. Um, In fact, they had a different actress at the time playing Willow when we did the presentation for Warner Brothers. Oh, really? And for Fox. Yeah. Different actress. Look it up. That is creepy. Yeah. uh, (laughs) It it is. In fact, um, I think uh, I saw floating on YouTube, I think it says Buffy the Vampire Slayer presentation. And you'll wow. see, like, me doing stunts, and but there's a different Willow. And then yeah. later on, they ended up uh, catching Allison. So, you know, it's <laughs> kind of weird how that all works out. But yeah. in, I'm a – I'm a Joss Whedon dork, so I, I love all – I love. I, that's the first time I've ever heard that. I, I, I'm, <laughs> that is incredible. 
I would love yeah, to see who that Josh? actress was. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, I, I feel bad. I, I shouldn't. I should remember her name. She was lovely. Um, she was um, not as I, I have a feeling there was a little bit of body prejudice because she was heavier, right. you know, than right. than ah. Allison. But she she right. did a beautiful job. And but right. you know, Fox and Warner Brothers were calling the shots. And what can you say? Sure. But Josh sure. was interesting because he was yeah. so young in his career. And I wow. know he had just, you know, he had did the movie, but to real, I, I guess the movie didn't really fulfill his, his, his vision. So right. to have that chance and that shot of having a vision turned into a TV show was real important to him. So I could see him sweating it, you know, <laughs> right. Uh, he, and he was so young at the time, but he was amazing and he was just bright. And it was so awesome that I can look back and go, yeah, I saw him in this moment. You and, had you had all was, these you had all these legacy moments with with with, with a lot of a lot of people that that are not going to repeat on this planet. That's that's pretty incredible. Oh, uh, Joss, okay. yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like I've, I've been lucky to be a witness. You know, almost like Forrest right. Gump. You know, I'm just right. like this witness <laughs> to all these. You know, it, it, yeah. it is crazy. It's so crazy yeah. the people I've met and I've known, and I'm like, God, this is all because of my martial arts history that it knows right. he brought me to this place one way or another, you know? Right. So yeah, it was cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let's go, let's go back to your martial art history. So, you, so your, your father is, is the, 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 the grandmaster in Asanto who, and your uncle <laughs> is, 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 is Bruce Lee. So please t- tell us, tell My us a little bit about your father, your, your godfather. They, they like to call in Chinese, they like to call them uncles. But uh, yes, right, do. and Filipino culture too, right? <laughs> I know. You, you know what's really funny is, is the first thing I thought about when I when I when I contacted you was was uh, was lumpia, and uh, yes. I just started thinking about every single Filipino dish I can I can think about in my mind because I was so hungry, <laughs> like like pancit. You know what I mean? Like I think Filipino I'm, food yeah, is one of the, yeah. the how much Filipino food have you eaten in your lifetime? You know, uh, mainly. Honestly, it's been quite simple because my grandparents kind of put a like a sort of Western healthy spin. They're like, "Oh, too much oil, you you know, not good for your heart," you know. <laughs> but a lot of definitely a lot of uh, adobo, a lot of pancit and, and lumpia. But they did it. Yes. They tried not to fry it, you know. But for people who don't know what lumpia is, it's kind of like a a cross between a taquito and an egg roll. So yes. <laughs> Yeah, it is but delicious. It's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so, so please, please tell me how how your how everything began. I mean, you know, when did you take an interest in, in the martial arts? Was it before or after you can even recognize what it was? Well, yeah, you know, um, for me, the way I I, I share with people is mar- the martial arts world really was like a second language for me because it was uh, it was you know around me day one um, from the time I was born. Um, 24 hours a day, um, everything, martial arts, martial arts magazines, books. Um, My father, when we lived in Carson, inevitably built a huge gym, which still stands to this day, by the way, um, because when my, 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 my godfather had the Chinatown school, which my dad would help run. Mm -hmm. And, um, but after a while, he, he had some issues going on, and of course, he also was trying to focus on his career in Hong Kong. So uh, right. he said, "Why don't you take a backyard group, Dan, and I'll let you train, take some of the Chinatown students, and you can train them and and at your at your house." 
and originally it used to be the garage, but my mother would scream and say, no, there's too many guys here. <laughs> so he, built this, he built this huge gym in the backyard and, um, and would train people. So it was around me night and day. And, wow. um, and so I, in fact, I actually used to get quite bored with it. It used to kind of like irritate me, but once in right. a while, you know, I'd go in the backyard, ride my bike, and then my dad would see me, and then there would be a ton of, you know, sweaty guys and their sweats working out, and then my dad would just throw me in there and just say, <laughs> I want you to train, and then I remember I got yep. in a fight, and then I really wanted, all of a sudden, for some reason, I became even more focused that I needed to learn martial arts. <laughs> and, There's something about um, those fights that make things happen, isn't it? Yeah, when you get it, yeah, when you get in a fight, you kind of go. Even at age five, I was like, yeah. I want to <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah. And so, so my uh, dad threw me in with the guys, and you know, I gotta tell you, I, you know, I was raised around male energy my whole life, and the hmm. the the men in my life who I consider them all like family or uncles, they were so great about, you know, it was almost like expected of me that I would one day grow up to be a young woman and. You know, and, you know, they, they anticipated or expected of me to just to be a strong woman. It, it was right. kind of that underground message I got, which I'm, I feel very <laughs> lucky that I had. Do you feel like you had any, any other choice but to be the person you are right now? Doesn't sound like Do it. I, um, you know, in the beginning, my dad wanted me to train just because he goes, you know, my concern is if I'm not with you, I want you to know something. Right. But also, I just I want you to know your culture. I want you to know your heritage and he right. would groom the martial arts to you know for me as a young woman you know so that means right. whatever i learn might might be uniquely different from what you would have learned as a man does, does right. that make sense sure i mean which is in in a way his you know philosophically very deacon doish you know right right um, each and, person is different but on the other yeah exactly but when I hit my teen years, I wanted to be a dancer and a cheerleader. And then he got depressed. He goes, okay, fine. You know? <laughs> and, um, you know, and, you know, I studied acting, you know, he was good about letting me try to find my own path. So that's, that right. was a good thing. Right. It's all, so, it's all good hard work in the end. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. and to be honest with you, I didn't think I would reach. In fact, I actually quit the martial arts for a long time because I wanted mm. to pursue, pursue other things and I was right. in and out of college, but, um, I actually, you know, got married very young and, and then mm. I found myself, um, in a marriage that I was too young to be involved in, but I ended right. up having a child with autism and, ah. um, and I kind of needed some focus. And right. so uh, I went back to the martial arts and it's kind of, it, it was a blessing in disguise because that's what in turn made it possible for me to be, you know, to, to meet my future husband, Ron Balicki, right. and, um, and then career wise be on a set where I met the people like from barbed wire and that just were, that's where things, you know, snowballed from there. You know, right. It's just kind of weird, but I appreciate it though, as a, as a mother of an autistic child that that was, that pathway was open to me, you know, cause it's, right. it's tough to be a single parent with a, a developmentally disabled child. It really is. Yeah, so. Now how, how have you, how have you found your, your path along the way be, because of, of having a child? I mean, not, not to say that it's a burden, but what is, how is your life different now? Do you appreciate life on a different level that, that other people wouldn't have? I'd imagine you would. Oh 
Oh, oh, absolutely. Well, the first thing is, is when you are told, especially back in the 90s, when they didn't know as much about autism, I mean, at that time, it was one out of 20,000 kids were being diagnosed with autism. And um, when I would tell, try to share with people what I was going through, they just didn't understand it. And what was really difficult was finding help. And I, I would have preschools turn, turn my right. son down. And, wow. and I was just trying to work. Yeah, it was, it was a tough road. It, you know, um, listen, some of the people that were turning me down in this day and age, you get sued for that, you know. Right, um, right. But, but I, it, it was so hard. It was almost like a death of its own kind that somebody, you know, because all your dreams and all your hopes and all your visions for the future for your child, you know, they go they go by the wayside because you realize oh no I have to create a new kind of dream for my child right. and I and I had to create now. a system right yeah. you know and and you know my son will always forever need to be watched over one way or another so I'm always having to think of the future but I tell you I I see time I see people sometimes they'll complain about their kids who are quote typical and I'm like you know what you're really <laughs> blessed that your kid can talk back can have right. an opinion. I go, uh, you know, count your blessings. This is normal development. You're lucky, you know. I I, right. I had to work hard to get my son to to say just two words to me at the age of five, you know. Wow. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was quite and, and, a long and, and, road. And your husband just took just took this whole thing on and 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 went blazing, huh? Yeah, my husband rocks. Let me tell you, um, and I, I have to thank his aunt, uh, who I feel groomed him for our for for me. His aunt was special <laughs> needs. So by wow. the time he met my my boy Sebastian, yeah. he, it wasn't a big deal to be with somebody that was special needs because he had an aunt his entire life from the time he was a little boy that was special. Ah. Needs. So you know what I mean? He it, yeah. it didn't frighten him. You know, and, and, but, you know, when I met my husband, I just assumed I was going to probably be a single woman the rest of my life. And I was fine with that, you know, so I was really lucky and he's championed my, my kid in so many ways. He's an amazing father and we've been together now. Yeah. 25 years, you know? Wow. So he's, yeah. (laughs) Wow. So So he's really hung in there. Oh yeah, he's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel blessed, and um, you know, I I just you know I can't I can't say enough about what it is when you have a, a partner with you that's gonna, you know, right. kind of have to go through the ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Did, was your was your husband familiar with with your past, or I mean, he must have been. Yeah, he was my dad's top student. Ah. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh huh. Uh huh. I broke the code. Yeah, you broke the code. So, okay. So, let me, to understand my story today, you have to understand my husband's story. So, my husband ended up meeting my father when he was 18. I, and for 10 years, I had heard about a Rombalicky, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and I was raised in Los Angeles. But, uh, yeah, so for 10 years, my husband was studying with my father in Chicago, and he would, oh, you know, my dad did seminars all around the world, but particularly (laughs) in the Midwest, so every weekend, my husband was either in a car or on a plane, 
you know, right. my dad down to learn, you know, the system because he was a, right. a Bruce Lee nut, as he would tell you. And right. he was also a police officer <laughs> at the time. And he wanted to to know, you know, uh, you know, as, as an officer, you know, what he right. could do to to better protect himself, because sometimes right. things go hand to hand. And also, too, my husband was a victim of crime. My husband had been shot before in Chicago. Wow. So he had a yeah. So he had a, a pretty rugged past. Um, he was you know shot at Shady. the age of sixteen. Yeah, right. And um, and he really needed some direction, and that's what martial arts right. really helped provide him. And so nice. He yeah. So <laughs> so, so, so he trained he trained the martial arts. He trained the martial arts, and then then he learned about you for because you're, because you're your father, and then then he just just waited. Waited, waited, and then pounced. Is that, what you, is that what you're telling me right now? No, no he doesn't know what he he would tell you. He saw one photo of me because my uh-huh. father had given him a business card of mine, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Wow!" But we didn't meet until like ten years later. It was really weird yeah. in Los Angeles when he moved yes, out he here a, on the west he coast. He had to set things up. That's why. Mom, <laughs> <laughs> <Long> shut up. <laughs> Well, that's oh fantastic. God. Well, then you then you have then you have martial arts running through your blood now. So, so no matter what, uh, you you got that stuff. Are, are you playing? Are, are you planning? Um, did you did you teach your child uh, at all? Any martial arts at all? Uh, going um, to any coordination games? Anything like that? They're kind of yeah, a little bit. So with Sebastian when he was a kid, the best thing for him honestly was right. capoeira, Brazilian capoeira. For sure. those of you who don't know what that is, it's a Brazilian kick art, and they and they do the art with music. And there's something yeah. about music and the beats that really resonated with Sebastian. Oh, that's or anything awesome. with a or anything with a rhythm. So like Muay Thai, you know, there's what we mm. call it. The, the there's like different counts for for kicking, and sure. that seemed to to help him a lot. But um, and then but. For whatever reason, the main thing for my son and and what I wanted to keep grooming in him was his he was an artist, you know, right. And so he loved drawing. And you know, uh, you know, now we're getting ready to launch a a children's book about you know our experience with hearing the word autism and what that meant for our family. Oh, really? And he did all, yeah, and he did all the drawings. Um, he did all the illustrations, and um, my my amazing cousin uh, Anthony Pilar was a, a publisher for for uh, educational books. He helped set me up with a, a colorist from DC Comics, so he did the colorization, and it's looking nice. good, you know. Nice. So we can't wait. Really well, do, do you have a name for it yet? It's called the Curious Mind of Sebastian. Ah. The Curious Mind of Sebastian. So it's going to be the you first name of the books we'll do. Oh yeah. So. Oh, that's you know, awesome. So, yeah. So I'm pretty thrilled about that. So a lot cool. of hard work, but it was good. <laughs> so. Are you are you continuing the the after this uh, Alita film? Are you still continuing with the the stunt choreography? When I can, right now, I you know I'm really in focus about trying to find a. Um, producing this movie called way of the cowboy about my father actually way i don't know if you saw i don't know if you saw the the report that came out in hollywood reporter or nbc but i ended up uh locking arms with mark gordon of saving private ryan and he's done oh god mark gordon and matt jackson 
and yes. my other uh, producing partner, Tarek, and so Tarek Heitman, excuse me. <laughs> and yes. uh, um, and so we've been in the works for a couple of years about in development with Way of the Cowboy. And it's all about the t- Way of the Cowboy is about my father when he back in the 70s uh, was recruited by the, da- um, the Dallas Cowboys to teach martial arts. <laughs> right. And no program had ever existed at that time. In fact, people thought it was just crazy and nuts. Like, what? You're right. going to teach our cowboys kung fu? I, 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 I remember all... those days. Yeah. And yeah. this was all spearheaded by Dr. Bob Ward, who was the conditioning coach and sports scientist. That's right. The very first ever recruited by the NFL. And he right. brought my father in. And they had went to college together, but, and he, Dr. Bob Ward had always studied with dad, but he, it just, it occurred to him um, that this could offer solutions to uh, the Cowboys who technically were considered an aging team. And he thought there's got to be a a better way other than crashing. Like when I say crashing, like, you know, smashing into each other. Yeah. yeah, smashing heads. And, and so Dr. Bob goes, I know we could deflect the energy and still make our right. way, you know, for touchdown. So he got together with my dad and um, my dad at first was like, are you, you know, my dad knows the game of football really right. well because he played in college and he played in high school. Oh, he school. did? Yeah. I did not, I did not yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. That's how my dad got his scholarship was oh. football. Fantastic. You know what I, I'll tell you I'll tell you a really cool story. Do you know who okay. Amos Alonzo Stagg is? Do you know who, who he yeah. is? Amos Alonzo Yeah, of course. They, okay, so and for, for your listeners, Amos Alonzo Stagg is like the godfather of American football. <laughs> I mean, he's the one that, yeah. that changed everything. Put, you know, he's the man responsible for the, all the kinds of rules that we have in American football from, you know, names on our back to, to, to the, you know, all the different positioning, the different forms out there. So at age 90, I think it was, 91, um, you know, basically wow. basically the college system wanted him to retire. And he's like, no, I, football is my love. It's, my, it's all I know. And no school in the entire country in the 1950s would take Amos Alonzo Stagg. They're, they were just like, you know, hanging up, old man. You, come on, retire, right. you know. Right. And, and, but there was one school in the entire country, and that was <laughs> – Stockton High School wanted Amos Alonzo Stagg. And so Amos Alonzo Stagg ended up getting a bus ticket to Stockton, California. On his first day of, you know, being a coach, they introduced him to the short Filipino kid named Dan Inosano, and that was my dad. <laughs> and this That's is right. a true story. Yeah, and so Amos has coached my dad. Um, wow. And from there, my dad got my his scholarship and uh, went to Spokane, Washington. He must have been strong and fast. Wow. He was. Everybody would say that. They're like, this little Filipino kid, he's really fast, you know? And, yeah. You know, they said that Coach Stegg at first was hesitant about training my dad. He goes, okay, let's see him move. Let's see what he can do. And right. whatever my dad did, he, you know, Amos goes, oh, okay, I, I can work with this kid. <laughs> Definitely oh, okay. I can work with this kid. <laughs> I like and, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's so, awesome. Kind of crazy. Well, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, let's let's go back a little bit even further. Let's go let's go back to your godfather. Now you're you're, you're old enough to have remembered his, his his passing, are you not? Yes, yes, definitely old enough. <laughs> yeah, you were yeah, definitely yeah. old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's weird because I got to tell people, you know, when they look at it and they start, I can see them doing the math and like, oh my god, you're old. I'm like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he died when I was uh, seven years old and he right. was a part of our lives, you know, every day, you know, I, but I, at the time I didn't know uncle Bruce was famous. Do you know what I right. mean? He just felt like, right. you know, uh, part of the family. I knew that. Yeah. He was part of the family. We would go over to their home or he would, you know, they would come over to our home and right. Brandon and I were, you know, would always play together. Right. And so, um, you know, but I, you know, I got a clue that he was famous because I remember one day he came by and, um, and I think he he had just gotten back from Hong Kong and huh. I all of a sudden remember, uh, he pulled up and he had his, I think it was like a Porsche or something, but all the kids, <laughs> all the neighbors see him. And I, I just noticed everybody just looking a little bit harder than usual and then we go and, you know, the, you know, everybody goes inside the house, not the neighbors, but, you know, my dad, right, and Uncle Bruce. Right. And, and then they start working out in the backyard, but they're on the grass area. And then I'm seeing my neighbor's kids starting to look over the fence and they're all going, you know, Green Hornet and Cato. And they kept saying, Cato, mm-hmm. Cato. And I looked at my mom like, why are they calling Uncle Bruce Cato? You know, and she goes, oh, honey, he, he, he used to have a show called The Green Hornet. You know, and you have to remember, as a kid, we had only a black and white TV, and, you know, obviously no VHS <laughs> right. or any of the things we had no, today. Nothing like and that yet, yeah. So she ended up somehow, one of my dad's students ended up showing some sort of video or something of some of the Green Hornet uh, episodes. And, you know, and then I understood, like, oh, I, I guess he's kind of famous, you know. And then, you know, as a kid, we would go to the drive-in and, you know, I think we saw, what was it, Way the Dragon or something? Right, And then I'm like, right. oh, wow, Uncle Bruce is <laughs> famous. Didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, in the, his life essence, um, compared to what you see in the media, for, for me yeah. as a child, I mean, the Uncle Bruce I knew um, – was fun. He took, constantly joked around. I mean, he definitely, right. you know, had a had a presence. I mean, when he talked, I mean, there was always a circle of his students around him. And, you know, I, I'm I feel lucky that I was able to be a witness to this um, mm. because um, he was great. He loved his children. I mean, he was amazing with Brandon and Shannon. He was amazing with animals. He loved animals. And these are side. This is a side of my godfather that people will never know because they tend to kind of look at his image through his, his movies. Right. 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 But, but there was another side that I was able to witness um, as a child. And I'm, I'm grateful for that, you know, and now that, you know, you're seeing a lot of the older generation that was around him, you know, a lot of them have passed on or and have, you know, you know, right. died. And, and, and there's what my father, there's Kareem, and now there's Taki Kimura, who was his leading right. student. And they're all, you know, so I realized it's, you know, it's kind of up to some of us that were as, as children who saw him to, to also uh, remember him and, and to share what, what we do remember about the well, man I, that is known as Bruce Lee. 
I remember there there was a there was a story about you talking about um, Bruce Lee in in the uh, the new film by Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You you you, yeah. Did, you did give you did give your opinion on that one, right? <laughs> oh yeah, did I give my opinion? Yeah, because you know, listen, let me say this first off. Quentin Tarantino, for me as a filmmaker, he was one of my heroes. As, a, as an indie filmmaker, Me too. always one of my yeah. heroes because that's not easy to break in this industry. And the rules have changed. You know, you can't really break in the way Quentin broke into the business. But nonetheless, I thought he was a fun storyteller, you know. So I just feel with this, Quentin um, missed the boat to really harness certain truths back then. And incorporate that into his movie. And I knew it was just going to, there was just going to be a, such a nosedive, um, especially with the Asian community, whether it's here right. in the United States or in the West, or even in China, as you heard, they're, they're not even allowing sure. this movie to be shown. Yeah, I know. And I just, I just wish, I wish there had been an advisor or I wish he had talked to somebody like, don't do this. I mean, even Brad Pitt said, <laughs> you know, can we change the fight scene to leave right. where it's even? Because the original script called for, you know, Brad Pitt's character to really just beat the shit out of my godfather. Right. And that right. would have been a real nightmare. But uh, <laughs> it, for Shannon and I and people that remember it, I, I was just, I was horrified. I was like, I was like going, it was like being in a time machine and, and just, it was just, it was horrible for me, you know, to, yeah. to witness that. And I know some people go, oh, for God's sakes, it's just a flipping movie, big deal, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, 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 not so yeah. fast here. Let me, <laughs> let me explain something about the power of film and right. TV. And now we and have influence. The yeah. It's yeah. yeah, influence. Oh my God, this has huge influence. Now, when that movie came out here in the States, I had to go to Turkey to do a, a martial arts seminar with my husband. Wow. And I was stunned how many people, Europeans, who don't speak English that well, and they're going up and going, <laughs> oh, yeah, that movie's real, right? That movie's real, right? And, right. oh, those American right. people were killed by uh, Brad Pitt. And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. Sharon Tate never yeah. survived in real life. Right. You know, and our right. family knew Sharon Tate. Jay Sebring was a friend in the family. No, no, in real life, he was killed. And and so people don't understand the kind of damage that can be done. Um, and and so I was just, I, I was really bummed out. I was so bummed out for Shannon because she's been working so hard with the Bruce Lee Foundation. And, yes. and, and which is a charitable foundation. And they, and um, it's not just about remembering, remembering my godfather, but they do a lot of good things in the world. So right. I was just horrified, just horrified. I thought it was I thought it was a very poor representation uh, of of Bruce and I you know and I Quentin Tarantino has always been one of my one of my biggest icons as far as a, a director that I would like to somehow sure. follow you know and what have you but I I thought the past two films he's really and I talked about this with with uh, Hal Rudnick who who does a lot of uh, compositions of films as well on the air and we were talking about this movie and I was really let down. Uh, by this film, yeah. the last film, ma- mainly by pacing, uh, poor, poor storytelling, and also storytelling at, at people at their worst. I don't, I don't know how to how to properly say this. Where it's where he's taking people and he's actually showing them at their worst 
possible way yeah. and then you want me to relate to them, it's really difficult to do that. So when you're seeing an icon like Bruce Lee, who hasn't really been represented properly in any yeah. American cinema yet, get thrown around by, you know, essentially what we would consider a whitewashed actor, it, it just does yeah. seem a little cranky. Yeah. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, hmm. I, 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 yeah. You know, I feel um, it's interesting. And when I talked to my father about this, because um, Variety had reached out to me and said we would love to to talk to your dad because right. he's one of those few survivors that worked with your godfather both on the screen and off the screen, right? And um, right. this is before Kareem came out, right? And, um, and my dad had not seen the movie, but I go, dad, I mean, I've always known uncle Bruce to be an admirer of, you know, of Muhammad Ali and, and, um, you know, just that alone, I cringed when they made it look like he was cocky and didn't even admire, (laughs) you know, as as they put the movie cash as clay, but there were so many missed opportunities. And, and, and and I would tell you, it's interesting because in real life, I think it was a year or two years ago, my Quentin Tarantino had actually been on the same flight as my dad. And my dad did really? it. My dad doesn't care. Oh, yeah. My dad doesn't care about Hollywood. He doesn't get enamored right. with stars. He just doesn't. Right. You know what I mean? He's right. very well, he's focused. Act- he's on- acted it for years. He's known so many people. I mean, it's, you know, there's no way he that has- guy's starstruck anymore. No, he's not. And just he he's really just really just his main role. The most important role is to be a martial arts teacher. And that's why he is booked five years in advance. But anyway, getting back to Quentin, they happened to be on the same flight. And my dad didn't know who Quentin was. And Quentin's like, oh, my gosh, Mr. Anasano. So I'm a big fan, blah, 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 blah. And my dad's like overwhelmed. Like, who's this guy? Right, right. (laughs) Um, But I kind of wish in a way, you know, because I know Quentin wanted to, to meet up with my dad. My dad is so busy. But... I kind of wish they would have met up because had they met up, maybe it would have redirected the storytelling because I will say this, you know, so many of Hollywood's who's who had went up to my godfather during this time to take lessons with him and, and to be, you know, I mean, Steve McQueen, James Coburn, I mean, they were all a big part of my godfather's life, despite all the stuff you might hear in Matt Polly's book. I mean, there was there was uh, there was a reason why a lot of fighters went to him, and I just kind of wish had maybe Quentin tapped into this. And and I know he said the reason why he wrote um, what was his quote? He said the reason, and I'm paraphrasing this a little bit, right. so bear with me. Um, okay. He said uh, the reason why I wrote Brad Pitt's character like this is because i needed to have it the audience be able to believe that if he could beat bruce lee or at least be on the same standard then of course by the time he gets to confronting the man you know the man uh, manson family it would be believable but my <laughs> thing is he could have taken a page from long street you know what i mean and had it to where maybe bruce lee trained you know Brad that is that is a that is a ridiculous statement, man. <laughs> he needs to be of Bruce Lee's caliber in order to take on the Manson family attackers. That's <laughs> what he said. He would rip those guys that's in half said. if that if that was the caliber yeah. he was at. So that's that's, well, that's, prepos- that's preposterous. 
but that's what I he, that was his reasoning, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, why not take a streak from the TV show Long Street, where they show, right, you right. know, if and I don't know if you ever seen the episodes of Long Street, but sure. you know where my godfather trains. Um, oh my gosh, what is the actor's name that played in Long Street? Um, but I don't remember. Anyway, I would, yeah, <laughs> I'll have to look it up on IMDb. God bless IMDb. Where would we I be know, without I know them? you, but you anyway. and I are looking up IMDb today. <laughs> I've, I've had it so many times. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, but those, anyway, are, those are great um, Yeah. But anyway, so it was just such a missed opportunity, you know. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, I, no. I, it could have gone some. You know, the, the the film was was a real letdown to me. But the, you know, when you're talking about like Christopher Nolan and 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 uh, and, and Quentin Tarantino, oh, it's always no. oh, don't you just love him? It's always like the best top ten films of them. Oh yeah, do you do you do you want to be in like a Christopher Nolan film? Is that is that what you're aspiring to do right now? I would love to be. You know, there's um, a great documentary that's out. Um, that Gina Davis is pushing called this changes everything. And, and let me explain. So I'm glad you, you, um, you, you're asking this question because sure. it's so hard for female directors. It really right. is. And when myself and other female directors have complained about this, people go, what are you talking about? And, you know, there's a reason. Well, you know, people sometimes will blame the agency system. Sometimes they'll blame right. the, the studio system and on and on and so forth. But Gina Davis, her institute is so amazing because years ago they 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 kind of realized that you know from from storytelling to directing to producing to writers there's something odd here and no matter how much we complain so she was able to prove getting um that the numbers in, and create a database showing that how little how uh, terribly how little women really have been able to get a chance to really step up to the plate and be directors right. to be writers right. um to and then and, and she was really making the case that especially for little girls they need to see themselves up on the screen they need to see you know because again going back to how powerful this vehicle is and so I applaud Gina because she was able to help make that case along with mm. some other people. And so now I'm hearing, I'm just starting to hear how Hollywood is starting to allow female directors, but it's more like, you know, Hulu, Netflix, television, you know. Right. Um, I know Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman. Yeah, right. right. Um, and it doesn't pay as well, but nonetheless, it's it's a little bit of a breakthrough. Um, when it, when we're talking about theatrical films, um, you know, it, it's still kind of tough. You know, Patty Jenkins, thank God, did Wonder Woman, and oh, yes. it did well. Right. You know, um, a lot a lot of people through the grapevine would say, you know, would say things like, "Oh, we don't anticipate you know Wonder Woman doing great at all." And then, lo and behold, it does. Great, <laughs> right. Yeah, it did almost a billion. Yeah, it did a billion dollars, I believe. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I was like, yeah. fantastic. But, you know, there's still a long ways to go. And it, it's yeah. it's hard. There's so many talented uh, directors out there. Um, but, yeah, I would love to have that opportunity. You know, um, when nice. I did my film, The Sensei, I was, and that was 10 years ago when this was put yes. out, I was one of 7% of women that had a, fe- you know, a theatrical wow. film during the crash. Really? Yeah, that had, <laughs> during the crash. So we'll see. Um, I know people are saying it is insane. 
<laughs> it is insane. But, um, yeah. you know, I feel lucky that I'm, I'm right now, I'm in a place where I'm producing with Matt Jackson and Mark Gordon. And, and so I'm oh, hoping nice. that will help catapult me as a director. And we'll see and what that's happens. The way, you know? And that's the way of the cowboy? Way of the cowboy, yeah. Right. Yeah, and you're working and you're gonna, you're going to be directing that yourself? No, I'm going to I'm one of the producers, you know. Nice. But hey, when you know, you when you're working with you right. know, people that have did like, you know, the Academy Award-winning films say even private Ryan, I just feel like thank God, you yes. know, I'm, I'm with this team of of qualify amazing producers that um oh, right. that really saw something in this story. You know? It's a great, it's a, cool it's a great story. story. It's a great story. I mean, I remember hearing about the story. I remember training during the story, teaching my students about the story. Uh, it's a, it's a long, it's a, it's a very well told story. And I'd love to see a film or an autobiography or anything about that. Cause it really did change yeah. the game of football because I do remember when people used to bash each other. And then the first couple of times you saw people just slip right past them, slip right yeah. past the defensive line. That that's when you show show now like dance because a lot of people tried ballet, dance. Some people tried martial arts like the Dallas Cowboys and what have you. And you can definitely see the change. Right, like who's the football player does this? The the Irish clogging. Have you seen that guy? Who have you seen him? There's who's that famous football player right now who does the Irish clogging? No, I don't know. Does he do? Does he do Irish clogging? Really? It's insane. They just like, oh my god, I'm kicking myself. Um, I just saw him in a report like where he takes like it's just this one. He does, you know, it's the only guy <laughs> among all these little girls doing August, right. you know, the you know like the river dance kind of thing. Or right, whatever. right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you can see it out on the field. I'm like, there it is. There it is. Right. But it's also crazy that I'm seeing football players and I, you know, they don't even realize they're doing martial arts because it's so right. nuanced and it's so right. subtle. But um, right. I got to, you know, going back uh, to like Dr. Bob Ward, I mean, he even foresaw CTE. He just said, this is crazy. This is not good for the brain. He just right. knew that intuitively. And so that's where, in a way, it, it, it could help change the game a little bit more. I mean, I, I, I could see people going, I want my kid to train in martial arts if they're going to play the game of football. I could really right. see that, you know. Uh, almost, almost like a pad, like a pad work for yourself before you get into something more intense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and uh, it's interesting right now they're trying to introduce the game of football more and more in China. So that's why I think this movie in itself is going to, I'm very curious to see how people in China and and in the States are going to relate to this movie because it is, it's an East meets West story. It is a coming together of two different cultures. But you know, with more with the NFL trying to have a footprint in China, you know, and, you know, and tap into I got, that I got to tell billion. you, I, I, I don't, I don't want to see the Chinese doing football. I got, I got to be what? honest with you. I got to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> I don't want. They're going to be jumping on each other's shoulders and like running to the, <laughs> the field goal. You know, I know oh, exactly. You really think they're going to reshape it? <laughs> oh yeah, I know what these little guys. Are. I know what they're exactly what they're going to do, man. <laughs> like we're going to jump on your back and we're going to keep on running. It's like, what are you well, crazy? We shall see. We shall see. I don't. Will, yes. Will they honor the NFL rules or will they turn to go off in another direction? I don't oh, know. they're going to find we'll, some we'll kind of see. loophole. Oh, I, I see them. With, with, I see them with with uh, <laughs> with a lot of uh, you know, uh, with, <laughs> they play basketball, or what have you. There's nothing they can do about that height thing, but there's something they can do about that speed thing. <laughs> 
somebody like to throw a roundhouse kick to somebody's face it's like whoa that's crazy <laughs> oh oh gosh yeah no, I, well, so you're a big so see. you're a huge football fan huh um you know yes in the sense that you know i was a cheerleader and i'm always on the sidelines but um i didn't really quite understand all the the nuances of the game until my dad started pointing things out so right um so yeah, so I, do. A, I love, I do love football. So you were a cheerleader who had the ability to beat the crap out of the football players. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know about that, but I was just very supportive, you know. Um, That's right. Um, but cheerleading, yeah, but cheerleading was great. It actually um, was actually in a way it helped prepare me to be a better stunt woman being a cheerleader. Really? You know, because, oh, heck yeah. I mean, because you have to know timing. Yeah, you know, you have to be able to take falls and, and be able to roll out of it and, and, and land in a certain place. Um, yeah. You know, wow. I, I would say definitely cheerleading. In fact, a lot of my uh, stunt friends who, you know, would say that they all had cheerleading backgrounds because you're doing acrobatics and it's a little bit like, you know, choreography. And, right. uh, yeah, but but you know when you're a stunt person, it's kind of like being a cross between a, a ballerina and a football player. It really is, Ooh. you know. You just because your body takes on a lot of damage. Sometimes, right. You know. Are Are you planning on doing more more stunt work? Mm-hmm. No, I no, I retired or semi-retired. Mm. I can do certain things when it comes to weaponry. Weaponry, no problem, but. I don't right. want to take the hits anymore just because, um, you know, my body, you know, that I'm older, it just doesn't right. heal as fast, you know, it right. takes me longer to recover, you know? Um, but if you put me, you know, in a fight scene, I could do the weapons as long as I'm doing the attacking, but if I have to receive some of it, it's a, it can be <laughs> kind of hard, but I definitely like the idea of doing, you know, choreography, helping with choreography, helping with, coordination helping filming the action that that is where you know i i know what to do so right in fact i'm work i'm working right now to prepare on shooting a couple of short films right now and you know making it more uh action driven so hmm. you know right so i'm excited about that you, you know i i, I missed the question i was going to ask you which was uh how did how did your father and bruce lee interact with each other was it very like nonchalant and casual or was it more heightened like when he showed up Oh, like uh, grasshopper walking down right, right, you know, right paper kind of thing. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, was he was, did he did he behave differently when when he showed up, or or was he pretty much just always him? It was. Oh, I'm so glad you asked this question. Um, it was very <laughs> casual. I mean, they were like two buddies, best friends. You know, um, right. uh, they were very. They were like, you know, it's funny because I'm I'm also writing a book uh, on Way of the Cowboy to help supplement what the movie may not bring out nice. just because you know you only have a two-hour window to do a movie so sure. um but what i write about in my book is you know how in a way um they were almost like two teenage boys you know what i mean where they were absolutely curious and, and engrossed in, in in martial arts and researching and you know uh i remember as a child in carson i would walk in my dad's office and in the middle of the office, there was a weight machine, and my my godfather would be pressing weights, 
giving notes going, Hey Dan, and you know, we need to do this and we should also look into that. And my dad would just be sitting down with his notebook, taking notes, right. writing things that my godfather was saying. And, and then once in a while I could hear my dad laugh cause my godfather cracked a joke <laughs> and then I would walk in there again. And then, by that time, my godfather, you know, he had his shirt off and he would allow me to hit his abs, you know, and he's like, <laughs> you know, and, you know, so it was much more jovial and fun. Right. That nature. Right. You know? And and then I remember, too, like, um, you know, the Chinatown school, uh, not too far away there. Are, of course, it's Chinatown. So there's, there's all these right. amazing restaurants. And so everybody from the Chinatown School and, of course, Brandon and I, we would all go to the restaurants. And I remember Brandon and I would be playing underneath the table. And, you know, it was just, you know, you know, you know, tying people's shoelaces together, that kind of right. thing. But anyway, um, <laughs> it was just it was very just grounded, very family like. And right. um, and yet the, t- the main topic that kept everybody glued was talking martial arts and philosophy oh and, sure uh yeah and that, that it was cool that way it was just but yeah. it was just done in this very almost kind of sports driven way too as well you know it wasn't right. like um too it wasn't this kind of esoteric you know kind of environment either <laughs> nothing like that it was very playful honestly right really playful right well, martial arts is a, a very playful subject, and when warriors come together and they talk about it, you know, they, I don't think it's very important that they, be, that, you know, they they lay an egg as they talk about the subject. I think you can be jovial about what you talk about. Martial arts is a fun subject. I think so too, but you know, it's interesting. Um, I re- I'll never forget this. I and I won't. I will not name the martial arts school or the master. Um, so during my time in my window in which I kind of wanted to break from martial arts, I remember visiting a friend of mine and she was studying under my dad and we were going to go out to lunch or something. And she goes, Oh, meet me at so-and-so school. I'm like, Oh, sure. Okay. And I'm just dressed in, you know, a skirt, you know, and a blouse. And I walk in there and she would just, you know, my dad always has a philosophy about, you know, you know, training in other systems that you should always you know, familiarize yourself and be educated. And mm. so I went to go visit her school to pick her up and she introduced me to the master of the school, but it was a different, how do I say it was just a, such a different feeling it was so serious. Mm. And then right. she said, this is Dan and Osanto's daughter, you know, Diana. And then he took on this whole other like even more serious, like competitive <laughs> approach. And I'm like, what is it with this jackass? What is his issue with me? And then he's like, and then he starts going on to, yeah, my my girls are fighters, and my girls are the okay. deal, yeah, and you know they train, and it was just weird, you know. And wow. I'm like, yeah, and and so I've been in in a couple of cases in schools like that, and I'm like, ugh, you know. Whereas, yeah, you know, my gross. dad's school, people, yeah, it was like real laid back. People played music, you know, right. you know, worked out. And um, I just, I was, you know, I, I started, I remember thinking back then, like, I'm just so glad it was, it wasn't, you know, you know, so stiff, you know. Yeah. When I think um, of your father, I don't, I don't think of an ego filled human being, like, like, like gigantically ego filled. So no. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see that spawning him off 
or him being yeah. like that ever. Yeah, that's kind of that's such a weird. I've I've gone to lots of martial arts schools where the teacher was like that, and it's always very shocking to me. It's almost like as if they they've never had their their bubbles bursted. But it's funny when they I do get their not. bubbles bursted, right? You know, they live in such yeah. because they're told yes sir, no sir. I, I remember when when I owned my a couple of schools and I had a yeah I wanted to get married. And girls were interested in me. <laughs> girls were interested in me. And I basically said, I said, girls? right. I, I mean, you just found you, you just told me your story, but I, I told them like, listen, you, you think dating or marrying the master is a good thing, but masters are never told. No, they're always told. Yes, yeah. sir. We always get yeah. what we want. You know what I'm saying? People yeah. always like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So they're not like the best people to date. So yeah. You, yeah. You, you know what <laughs> I mean? So we're, we're, we're constantly working on our egos. We're constantly working on ourselves. We're constantly working on being good people. We're constantly working on, right. you know what I mean? That That's, if you like that, then that's what, we, that's, that's what we are. If you don't like that, right. then hmm, you probably should pick somebody else. Yeah, and, and it depends too. Like I think the reason my, why my dad had more of a sports type of approach, almost like a martial arts coach rather than right. the the stereotypical teacher, is because he right. had a sports background. So that's why it's oh, so because of the football, yes, because of football and track. And yeah, field. Like no, that makes dad, sense. You know, and and so if you go to any of my dad's seminars, you know, he uses a lot of football mythology. I mean, there you go, and. and and uh, metaphors and and so even when he was with my godfather back in the days at the chinatown school i mean he introduced a lot of football equipment into sparring because mm. you know the way it was done in hong kong you didn't really have equipment you didn't have right. that back then so right. he so and, and uncle bruce loved it so you know they were using um every, you know not just football equipment sometimes baseball equipment so shin guards like the catchers shin guards all that just so they could <laughs> you know playfully spar without killing each other and you know having a million bruises on the body and you know what i mean and right, right. all that so, yeah that's incredible you know, you know he, he he must have brought a lot of things in from football like like pads a gear and what have you that that makes total sense of why you would do that oh, in like yeah. Amer- the american field yeah absolutely football influenced martial arts just as much as martial arts has influenced football now you know and right. people don't know that that historical connection and right. uh and that's why i'm kind of you know i can't wait to be done with way of the you know way of the cowboy the book and the movie right. so people can kind of go that's kind of a fun thing i never knew that about you know historically so, wait, wait, you know, so, how... so we, we don't we don't have a lot of time but let's talk about way of the cowboy before we before we take off because i, sure. I, I want to see this and, and is it being filmed now who who's directing it who's writing it you're writing a companion book i know that much right so okay so the we haven't found our director yet. We are still okay. in, still looking. And it, okay. I never realized this could be such the most challenging part of you know, you know, <laughs> director. finding the right, getting the right director and making sure that the studio system is comfortable. Because when you're when you're dealing with a multi-million dollar movie, you have to make sure that that director can right. manage that that ship. You know what I mean? To right. really run that ship. So um, that's where we're at right now. We, or they, they call it development. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but Jason, uh, so um, the the person that came on board actually to to write the script right now 
uh, is a, a young man named, um, oh, I'm sorry, am I getting pulled? I'm not, not, not only am I getting pulled, you're getting pulled. And, um, so Jeremy Go is a gentleman that I met okay. um, nice. from Texas. And I wanted somebody, you know, I had written a treatment, but they, I wanted to find somebody that was familiar with Texas life and Texas culture, but would also was a great writer of a, a you know, that could do a period piece. Right. And, you know, because technically this is a period piece film when you think about mm-hmm. it. And, right. and, um, and so Jeremy, oh my God, he, <laughs> he's amazing. <laughs> um, he, he, he did so many uh, different versions of the script, but finally we, they, he wrote, he came up with the one that, you know, Mark Gordon's company really resonated with and Matt Jackson. So, um, so now it's just oh, about wonderful. finding that, that perfect director. And then we, you know, we can go on, move on from there. So. So you have, you have a script, yeah. you have a script, and and you you helped write it, right? You helped write the script as well. Yeah, story, yeah, story. Nice. I was one of the storytellers, but uh, and then um, um, what will happen from there is um, you know um, you know just just we just got to get this thing going. <laughs> sure, thing going sure. Now. It sounds exciting. It sounds really exciting. Hey, it sounds like a great story. Yeah. Very exciting. Now, now it's 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 about your 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 father teaching martial arts to the Dallas Cowboys, right? Correct. Correct. Nice. And and, and and at that time, it was a secretive program. Nobody was supposed to have known about it. Yeah. So, because it was so controversial, and some people were concerned that it might look gimmicky or ridiculous, but it really did have its hand in the success of the Dallas Cowboys becoming America's team. <laughs> right. So that, that's as much as I can tell you right now, you know, and, wow. and it's interesting because if you look at that time period, um, uh, you know, you look at who the coaches were and Mike Zicka was there too at the time as an assistant coach, you know, oh, during the time of, that's right. So, and then Mike Zicka went on and basically went on to, you know, coach the Chicago Bears. And you, you can he was using martial arts, too, for that team. And they had their own right. success. So it was definitely a, a great blueprint. Right. And right now you're looking for, for a director. And as soon as that's done, we'll get the ball rolling and this film will be finished. We got it. Yeah, exactly. So we'll have to talk back, you know, then. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That, that's that's the reason why I wanted to talk to you about it because I I want a reason to bring you back, and no no more reason than that. Uh, that's a fantastic thing there. Um, listen, I, I love talking to you, and I can talk to you all day long. I'm finding myself just looking for more things to talk to you about, but I'm just going to waste more and more of your time. I'll have you on in another time if if you're willing. I hope you had a good yeah, time. Absolutely. Please, please. Please tell our audience. Did you have a good time? I was hoping you'd have a good time. I did have a great time. I love it. You know, I love the energy. That's fantastic. (laughs) So please tell tell everybody how can we find now you have your own you have your own web address. How can we find you? If we want to get in contact with you or we want to just see what you're up to, what you're going into, how can we find you? Um, you know, right now I'm, I'm on Instagram, so you can go Diana underscore Lee underscore Inosano. I'm right there. Um, and then I'm actually, I do have a fan club page on Facebook, although I really am more resonating with Instagram. And then I do have a website, you know, people want to check me out. I always kind of input what I, you know, what what's happening. And, um, but Instagram seems to be the thing I'm really loving and, you know, really uh, feeling more connected at doing right now. It just, I love the whole Instagram vibe, you know, so find me there. I agree. You know, 
Diana, thank you so much for joining us today. It's, it's been a, you've been a blessing to us, and your energy is wonderful. I, I really oh, greatly you appreciate so you being here today. Thank you so much. All right, that's Diana Lee and Asanta. Thank you so much, my, my dear, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Have, <a> great- <laughs> Have yourself a great weekend. <laughs> you too. You too. Take care. All right, guys. Oh, what a wonderful interview. What a wonderful person. I love talking to her. Um, I can, I, I, like I said, I can continue to talk to her forever. I, I had so many more questions to ask. It was ridiculous, and my, my brain was burning up. Uh, but thankfully, so she, she, she went right into her own stories and started telling her own, her own stuff. So it was, it was amazing. Diana, thank you so much for joining us. And I, I believe I just cut you off a little bit. I'm so, I'm so sorry for that. But thank you for joining us today. What great stories, huh? Her, her godfather, Bruce Lee, who we call uncle, uncle Bruce Lee, her, her father, Grandmaster Inosanto, to her own life. Diana, what a wonderful job. Thank you so much for talking to us today. I do agree with her. You know, the, the, the film by Quentin was a missed opportunity. What a missed opportunity. That's too bad. I hope all of you had a fantastic time listening to a fantastic person with such positive energy. Great energy, great forward progression. Way of the Cowboy. That film sounds fantastic. I can't wait to see that. How did you always enjoy the interview? Good job? Good job. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Steve Pisa for Cinema Files Radio. We had a big crowd today, and I appreciate you being here today. God bless you all. Take a little time to relax and enjoy your life this weekend. As of the fires will show you, some things are here one day and they're gone the next. God bless you all. This is Steve Pisa for Cinephiles Radio. Signing.